0: Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. It's so bad! Quick question. Why didn't they ask us to host the Oscars? (laughs) We could have been free this weekend. Maybe? (laughs) No? Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from madwolf.com. Big week. Not only Oscar weekend, but we've got some good... New movies, a solid group yeah. to talk about uh, this week, so we'll get to that, but we might as well hit the biggies for Sunday. The Oscars live, uh, no host, but a uh, lot of very intriguing categories. I don't think, somebody asked us uh, earlier this morning, because we're on TV now, <laughs> yeah, last uh, last couple of weeks, uh, ABC6, Fox 28 here in Columbus, they've invited us on to do a little TV segment for the movies, and we appreciate- on Good Day, Columbus. Good Day, Columbus. We appreciate that very much, and they were asking us- if any movie was gonna run away with it, we don't think so. It's no. gonna be all over the place. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I think that that's true, and I hadn't thought about it before. But unlike, you know, a few years ago when, for example, uh, Fury Road won, like, every technical award there was. Right. I don't think you're going to see any of them this year, Roma included, that comes away with, like, you know, five, six, seven awards. Right.
0: Um, I agree. Uh, the one, probably the biggest lock of the night, I think. Well, I think there are two. Mm-hmm. The biggest lock, I think, is Original Song. Shallow has got that mm-hmm. by a mile. Mm-hmm. I really cannot see. And they're going to they're gonna perform it together. They are. Together, Bradley so, Cooper yeah. and Lady Gaga. Yeah, so I think be... that's a slam dunk. And also animated, I think, uh, Spider verse. Man,
1: if it doesn't, then that is a sign of the apocalypse, because for my money, that film should be nominated for Best Picture. I agree
0: with you. I agree with you. Loved it. So let's get to him very quickly. Uh, Best Supporting Actor. We are thinking that uh, Mahershala Ali not only will win, but should win. Exactly. Out of this group. Yeah, I I think uh, I would agree with that. I think maybe the spoiler might be Richard E. Grant.
1: I think that that's possible. Uh, Or, uh, as you said earlier, maybe Sam Sam Elliott, just because uh, everybody loves him, and this is his first nomination. Exactly. But I still think it's it's a pretty pretty slight chance. I I'll think
0: Herschel Ali's got it pretty well wrapped the, up. The female categories uh, this, this year are just stacked. They and are. Th- That includes Best Supporting Actress. I mean, that is a crapshoot. They're all so good. They're amazing. Um,
1: all five of them all, just rock solid. Great performances. Diver-
0: all five are, are deserving. Of course, you've got the two from the favorite. Uh, Which we think might cancel each other out. Sure. Um, So we're thinking it's uh, it's going to be a should win and a will win for Regina King.
1: You know, I think if there is if there is an outside shot for somebody else, it might be Amy Adams because she's fantastic. Oh, she is Uh, absolutely uh, perfect as as Lynn Cheney and Vice, and also she's been nominated five or six times and hasn't
0: won. That's crazy. I know. But but really, everybody in that category is absolutely just great. Best Actor. That is um, one where we think. Well, we should win. If it was us, we would give it to Christian Bale, yes. right? For Vice, incredible. Uh, but we think Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody, has the momentum, and he's probably going to win it.
1: I think that's a pretty solid lock, actually. Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I think that he's got it pretty well wrapped yeah. up.
0: I would say so. Another, the best actress category again. That
1: has That is the just, tightest race. That is man. the most impressive group of people. You oh, just, my goodness. Just
0: look at every one of those, and they're all just incredible. Um, you know, I saw, I read something earlier today, somebody saying that they didn't see the attraction for um, all the uh, love that Lady Gaga was getting. That just blew. I, no, really? it's crazy. Yeah. That
1: is crazy. I, I agree She with was you.
0: great. Melissa McCarthy's great. Of oh, course, she was so uh, Olivia Colman in The Favorite. Uh, uh, the woman, uh, Yelitsa Apricio from uh, Roma.
1: Oh, so- so amazing. Yeah. Never Acted before and is incredible. the focal point of that film. I know it carries incredible. it
0: so beautiful. So that is such such a tough race. We think it's going to be Glenn Close. We do um, nominated not only
1: because she hasn't, which is insane to Christ. think that Glenn Close hasn't won one yet Crazy. and seven nominations, yeah. but because she genuinely deserves it. She owned that movie. Oh, she, she it was it was like a masterclass in acting. Her performance in that film, stupendous. The Wife.
0: If there's going to be a, a, another possibility, Olivia Coleman from The Favorite. If there's
1: an upset, I yeah. think it could be. And you know what? I I I kind of hope that it's Glenn. Close because because she was so great and because she should have at least one Oscar by now. But but yeah. I, to be truth be told, Olivia Coleman is my favorite performance on that list.
0: But if but if it's not as if if Glenn Close gets it, it's going to be a, a gift. Not a thank at all. you for your no. your years of service. No, she deserved it. She was stupendous. Uh, best director. Um, we think it's between two: a uh, Spike Lee, who we love so much for Black Klansman, probably his best directing effort. Maybe. Um, and he's had he's had some good ones, but this oh, one is yeah. just incredible. It's that's another oh. one where you just
1: can't. He's never been nominated before. That's right. That's insane to think about. Uh, but as great as you know Malcolm X was, as great as uh, do the right thing, do the right thing yeah. was. I think that it's just sheer directing mm. force. Yeah. Uh, the what he does with Black Landsman is is I think the most impressive of his turns.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to argue. Uh, but we think the uh, will win and should win is Alfonso Coron for Roma. That movie is a masterful directing job. It's a great movie, but it just... I, I was just, like, agog at how that movie is directed.
1: I've, in my entire life, never seen a film. I've never seen a, a film that was so able to draw your attention to the equally important uh, what's going on in the foreground and the background. Just, he, yeah. And the way he balances that, the way he makes you realize you got to be paying attention, the way he lets every scene sit there for a yes. minute so you have the chance to yeah. catch up. It is, it is a
0: phenomenal piece of directing. It really is. So we think uh, he's going to win that and should win it. And for Best Picture, now it's a, a should win if it was up to us we'd give it to um Roma Roma uh probably second and third tie for second uh Black Panther and Black Clansman either one would be our next
1: or favorite
0: or favorite yeah and those
1: are my top 4 i mean those are all yeah. four of those i would be so happy That's to see true. any of those four win and
0: uh I love a Star is born but yeah. um we think that Green Book is going to win. Certainly wouldn't be our choice. We wouldn't even have a nominee to be honest no. with you. But it seems to have all the momentum right now. As far it's as it's funny the because
1: uh, in a, other in a, like uh, Vegas odds uh, have it going to Roma. Yeah, which that surprised I I'm me. surprised because first of all. Uh, it di- It is probably going to win best foreign language film. And so often in those categories, in documentary, in, in animated, in foreign language, it's as if the the voters think, well, they got, you know, that one. So we can't give them this one as if there can't be overlap because... That because historically, there isn't. People don't win Best yeah. Foreign Language and Best Picture. Yeah. So I would be surprised. I would be, too. Um, if Roma won Best Picture. I would be thrilled, but I would
0: be surprised. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, Sunday night, we'll see how our picks go. Uh, so let's move to the new ones for this week. And I'll tell you what, the first movie we're going to be talking about, I think there's a darn good chance it's going to be nominated next year.
1: Oh, I would be surprised uh, if it weren't. I mean, it, it, obviously,
0: it's early. It is that good. But when Hiccup discovers Toothless isn't the only Night Fury, he must seek the hidden world, a secret dragon utopia, before a hired tyrant named Grimmel finds it first, it's how to train your dragon, the hidden world. There were dragons when I was a boy. Where they went, only a few know. Our story changed the world forever. Wow!
1: It's a hidden dragon world. <laughs> I've hunted every Night Fury, except yours. Hand him over. I will never give him up. Then I will destroy everything you love. We are no longer safe here.
0: We all have to disappear, completely off the map. We have to fight for their freedom. Well, for anybody who hasn't been paying attention, this is a great franchise. It is. started in 2010, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, just blew me away. Not only the visuals, which were incredible then, they're even better now, um, but the storytelling, loved it. The second one was not quite as good, but still solid. And this one, I just think, is a beautiful way to wrap up a really solid trilogy for the family. I loved it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And it is visually just stunning in the way that that the franchise has built itself up to you, you expect it it just looks so gorgeous and fun it has such a unique image you know the the way that they showcase things and how goofy and fun the the characters all
0: are. Yeah, it's it's really deep and rich animation. They have such great material to work with. They have the ships cutting through the fog. You know, yeah. they have the landscape of the islands where they live. They have all the aerial gymnastics exactly, going uh, on when the dragons are flying. Yeah, and even more so this time, I'm sure, because in the almost what it's ten years or so since the very first one, technology improves. Yeah. And the, the, the nuances and the expressions of the dragon's faces yeah. are even better oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes helps the story to resonate. And there's some great themes going on, too. They might not be new themes, but the way they're handled is so great. In this one, which picks up about an, a year after the events of Part 2, uh, now Hiccup and Toothless discover that there's another well, not a night fury, a light fury. And it's a, a girl, and she's charming, and and uh, Toothless is in love. Yes,
1: he is. So let
0: me warn you, there is some gratuitous dragon flirting in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's incredibly cute. It's but, incredibly uh, cute. you know, there's a lot more than just cuteness here. Because then there is, there's a dragon hunter that's coming after all of them, named Grimmel, voiced by F. Murray Abraham. Where have you been, Where has he been? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's not... We usually put the F in the middle, but (laughs) he puts it uh, at the beginning. And he's an Oscar winner. He's allowed to do that. So Grimmel is coming after them all. So then, in a really subtle nod to refugees, really, the entire village picks up and flees the violence. Yeah, And they are trying to find this mythical land called the Hidden World, which is... Uh, a birthplace of, of dragons, where they all live, where they all originated from. So they're going to try to find that land before a Grimmel does. And then it becomes a really nice coming-of-age story, which coming-of-age stories are not new, but the way this one approaches it is nice.
1: It is because, and especially in an animated film, a coming-of-age is, it happens in tons and tons and tons of animated films. In Toy Story, in, in Brave, I mean, it, it's really common, but what I love about it here is, is now that, that Hiccup is old enough that they're saying, shouldn't you be tying the knot, it, the, so the character that we all look at as the prime character and children as well, right, he has to deal with Toothless is coming of age. So all of a sudden the child viewer is in the position of an adult Watching that loss as the the you know what you love and what you've you've raised is ready to move on without you And I thought that was a it was a it was a very dramatic Change of focus for the same type of of theme.
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest it leads to an emotional high point near the end of the movie that really, for me, was reminiscent of that real throat lumper in Toy Story 3 where, where they, they all, all hold hands hold on the conveyor belt. <sighs> <sighs> it's, it's not quite to that level. But it's no, because darn... I'm not still crying. <laughs> but it's darn close, and it's really it's really beautiful and really emotional. And there's there's thrills here. There's real tension. There's action. You know, a great voice cast is back. Kate Blanchett is back. Uh, Gerard Butler is back in some flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, Jonah Hill and America Ferrara mm-hmm. and that whole group, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Christopher Mintz-Plasse, all those guys, those crazy voices. So it's just really, really... Enjo- and Jay Baruchel, of course. Oh, Jay Baruchel. Did I not mention him? He yeah. did not. Jay Baruchel, of course, is back as Hiccup. So, yeah, just all around. I think it's just a, a beautiful bow on this trilogy. Now, right. if, if this really does great, they'll probably find a way to make another one. That's what they do. <laughs> Hello, Toy Story. But, yeah, exactly. But the way it stands right... Right now, this is a darn good trilogy, and I thought just a wonderful way to uh, wrap it up. And we really like The Hidden World. Also, out this week, the story of a former wrestler and his family making a living performing at small venues around the country while his kids dream of joining WWE. It's Fighting with My Family. The oh, way I know you, you're from that weird family, aren't you? We're not weird. We don't like wrestling. How do you know if you've ever been? I've never had rectal bleeding before, but I'm pretty sure I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> How about I shove her head up your ass, and then we can find out. Hello? My name is Hutch Morgan. I'm calling from WWE. Would <laughs> like both of you to come try out for us? WWE! No! This is our shot, Doug. Hello. Why do you want to wrestle? I'm the toughest bastard in any room. I call your name. That means you'll be coming with me to Florida. Paige. Thank you all very much.
1: You have to take my brother. No one deserves this more than Zach.
0: I wish you the best, son. But this is the end of the line for you. You're not just doing this for you. You're doing it for the family. Paige, I myself have come from a wrestling family too. I know exactly what it means to you. But don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you.
1: Now, here's one that I was more surprised that I liked. Now, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, I went in assuming I was going to enjoy the film. This one, not so much. Yeah,
0: we're far from WWE fans. We know some of the names. We've certainly heard of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's, (laughs) He's not only a producer here, but he stars as himself. We did not know... Who this woman is? Who no. t- tells the story of WWE Diva Paige, right? Who came uh, out of England, a wrestling family, hard scrabble yeah. upbringing to uh, to be a Diva champion, the youngest Diva champion they said. And yeah, so um, we're not the uh, the go-to audience here, but it is. It's charming. It's funny enough. It's uh, written and directed by Stephen Merchant. Who, hello, ladies. Hello. He's that really tall comic who kind of does a lot of things with Ricky Gervais, and they yeah. had that show, Hello Ladies, that was funny, about him trying to date. Um, so he's got a nice eye and a nice way with, a, with a, bits of dialogue. Yes. And there are certainly some tried and true tropes here. Do you think you're going to see a training montage? I think you will. But, uh, but also, there's also some freshness and uh, just an overall charm about it in telling this story. And the cast is, is really winning. You've got uh, this, this girl named Florence Pugh yeah. who plays uh, Paige. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her parents are great um, uh, Nick Frost. Always great and Lena Lena Headley uh, yeah are her parents and and everybody in the supporting cast is really you know uh, round out their characters and they they make them very indelible and you get a whole group of uh, you know kind of motley group in uh, England Mm -hmm. who just have this uh, down and dirty wrestling federation dream of being in the WWE and for me I'll be honest with you you know I don't think much of WWE I kind of you know, I do. I roll my, roll my eyes at it uh, sometimes, but I know it's extremely popular. And uh, this movie, though, let me see that there's a lot of work that goes into getting to that stage. Yeah. So I'll give it that.
1: Well, I think the movie is just, you know, one of the reasons that it works as well as it does is because it is a tried and true underdog story. Right. Which is perfect for any sports movie, which is what it is at its heart. So Stephen Merchant wrote and directed what I think he does mm-hmm. really well is embraces what the story the qualities that the story has, uh that other stories don't, and mainly that is her family. It's such an unusual and, uh, background that she comes from, you know, and and so often in a movie like this, because her father is an ex-convict and her mother used to be a, a homeless person and an addict, and now they have this they would be it would be condescending or it would be super sentimental. This is strictly played for laughs. You love this family. And even though as she leaves it and goes to join the WWE, she's the outsider. She feels like the outsider. Mm-hmm. It's not because of this like bad it's because she wants to be back and that's what i love about this so do you you want to be back with this nutty family
0: they're awesome yeah uh the other thing it does i think you always hear mainly in sports stories about someone who comes from an underprivileged background they strike it rich in sports you know and they want to bring along their peeps bring yeah. along the fa- and this, everybody this kind of clues you into yeah. why yeah. people feel that way mm-hmm. because they come from an area that feels like if if you make it, we all make right, it. Right, And at the time, looking outside, you you just think to yourself, well, just leave those people right. behind. <laughs> all they want is your money. Right. You know, and this kind of clues you in a little bit to that. Well, they they feel that it's their responsibility. Yeah. You know that I,
1: if one of the others had had mm-hmm. had been the one to strike it rich, they yeah. would have supported you know you. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah, I did like this movie. The only thing I, I I think for me it came up a little bit short was it still didn't really give me I guess enough of specific reasons why. They picked her. I mean, right. they, Vince Vaughn is the coach the, trying to train WWE uh, wrestlers. And they, he keeps stressing that you got to be special. you got to have that thing. you got to develop your way with the crowd, your character. And I really didn't see, other than the fact that she's goth, she's a goth girl in the middle of all these TNA models, mm-hmm. what made her stand out. So I, I think I could have used a little bit more of that, but I still thought it was very enjoyable and yeah, because I guess of the subject matter, shame on me, a lot better than I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Get your hat and mittens on for this next one. It's a man stranded in the Arctic after an airplane crash who has to decide whether to remain in the relative safety of his makeshift camp or to embark on a deadly trek through the unknown Arctic. Don't worry. They'll be tomorrow. Or the day after
1: tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: She's running out of time. I have to find help.
1: Mickelson. So don't confuse this with Polar, which Mads <laughs> Mickelson released earlier this year. Yeah. And he's also, uh, it's very cold and frozen. This, this is, is a different film.
0: Yeah, darn near a one-man show. And if you don't know his name, you'd know his face. He's done a lot of things. He starred in that TV show Hannibal. Yeah, he plays uh, a
1: villain yeah, often. He's been and a, well.
0: He was a villain in um, the Doctor Strange. He was a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. And he's this is his, his show. And he is great. And this one, it's a survival tale that wastes no time getting to the survival. There's no backstory. You don't know his story, you you don't see the crash, you're just in and there he is uh, in the Arctic stranded after a plane crash and he's clearly been there a while because he is, he's got this, he's very intelligent very resourceful, very careful and he's got this makeshift camp already set up so he's surviving, and he's waiting on a rescue that he figures is coming. It finally does, but it goes awry, and then he has different responsibilities because the, the helicopter that comes to rescue him crashes, and now he has to deal with an injured woman who was in that helicopter trying to rescue him. Now he's got a, pretty much a passenger for his journey uh, and has to decide, as we said in the synopsis there, whether he's going to hang out and they're going to look uh, wait for another rescue. Or he's going to take her and some supplies and head off. And that is the story. I mean, it's, it's no frills. That's it. Uh, are you in or are you out? You know, And it's writer-director uh, Joe Penna. In his first, his feature debut. And he's got some great landscape shots. But what I loved about it, it doesn't over glamorize the terrain because in no way do you think, oh, look how pretty that is. Because it's not pretty to this guy.
1: <laughs> you know, it's
0: going to kill him. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's very majestic and very intimidating and lets you know what he's up against. But it, it doesn't overdo it. And I thought that was a nice, a nice uh, touch. But. Um, it's uh it's harrowing and it will like I said, it'll make you cold. <laughs> but it is no frills, man. You you're you're tempted and understandably to think, well, this is just a cold castaway. But you know what? It's closer to a film that a lot less lot fewer people saw. All is lost.
1: Right. Robert Redford from yeah. two, three, four years ago. It's
0: a lot closer to that. Much more of an inner journey, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. a metaphysical thing. Um, and Mads is great. I mean, he, he makes you curious about his character, but the film never really indulges that character because, mm-hmm. like I say, you get no backstory, but you wonder about him because he's clearly very smart and and how he's able to survive. And there's some gut wrenching moments. I'll tell you what, there, there, there really are, and uh, leading to a, a, a tense finale. Here's but- what
1: I remember when you were watching it because you were watching it at home <laughs> and I was watching something else, and all of a sudden you said, It's a polar bear. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, he does meet some local wildlife, uh, (laughs) let's put it that way. But, you know, I love these sorts of things. I love these survival tales. I know that you do. This is not based on a true story by any means, but uh, I still love those types of tales. And I really enjoyed this one. Um, Great acting performance. Uh, Just like I said, it's no frills, man. Here we are. We're stranded. What's happening? And it leads to a a tense finale, and I enjoyed Arctic very much. One more big release to talk about this week. A teenager's quest to launch Norwegian black metal in Oslo in the early 1990s results in a very violent outcome in Lords of Chaos. Life was easy back then. It was all about having fun, drinking beer, playing hard and loud music. And then everything changed. Vard, the lone wolf, I hereby appoint you bass player of Mayhem.
1: We have to take this to the next level. You said it yourself. We should burn them all down.
0: If you do this, we're. F- he did it. The terror has swept across Norway. The police have described the murder as extremely violent. We have kind of a weird connection to this movie because we used to, really not of our own volition, <laughs> hear this band's music. Yes, we did. <laughs> our son used to blast it when he was in the shower. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. He would have. Uh, he would have some curious musical choices in the early morning as he was getting ready for high school and taking showers. And uh, very often it was Mayhem, which is the band that this film is centered on. And because of that, I was actually fairly familiar with the story because because our son would talk about it sometimes. Uh, and I think that uh, it's a surprise to me that it has taken, you know, 20-ish years for this to get the big screen treatment because it's a crazy
0: story. Yeah, it is. I mean, Norwegian, black, Death metal, and there's some death involved.
1: Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So the youngest of the Culkins, Rory Kulkin, uh, plays Euronymous, who is the leader of the band Mayhem and also is the self-proclaimed originator of Norwegian black metal. And that is the heart, really, of the whole story. The story is asking... Whether what you're seeing is genuine or spin, yeah, and uh, and and really, when it gets down to it, whether you're a poser or you're not a
0: poser, <laughs> and it's
1: funny because it, it, in many instances in the film, particularly given what it is that 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 black metal really embraces, which is it's founded on the idea that metal like Black Sabbath, like Ozzy Osbourne, that that's just all sunshine and happiness, <laughs> and that and that they really embrace satan and satanism and chaos and death and every bad thing every ugly thing
0: well so, you know when 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 iron man and paranoid are your air supply right. you're going to dark places yes
1: you are you really are <laughs> and what's funny of course is that so much of that really was as as it was with Ozzy Osbourne uh, so much of it is really just spin it's right. just promotion right. but the problem here is that he is that mayhem developed such a passionate if small following that their disciples were very much not posers. (laughs) And that can be problematic when what you are preaching is violence and death. Mm -hmm. And it it turned out to be pretty problematic
0: for Euronymous. Yeah, I think you're right. It's weird that it took so long for a story like this to make it to the big screen.
1: But I think that um, the movie gets itself a little bit lost I think that a lot of its intentions are good. So it's an interesting story. It's a fascinating story. And and I think that the film sort of plums it for this idea of of art versus commerce, right? Of who is and who isn't just promoting something, right? But also I think that at times it's very, it's a very interesting comedy of manners because these people are... So awkward it's like the type of person who's drawn to this is really a social misfit Mm -hmm. And so there are some funny bits, but that really feels ill-fitting right when you think about the gravity of what is going on exactly? right and um, and And also the sort of as you've seen it done in other films where youngsters do something incredibly stupid like alpha dog Mm -hmm. Or or even better river's edge, right? Uh, the the theme of like kids are stupid but again, I just think it's not played very well here. Rory Culkin is great. He does a really fine job at being sort of the conflicted soul of this movie. But the other thing that is really off-putting is, is the three leads are played by Americans with very American accents. And <laughs> everybody else is Nordic. And every time yeah. an American speaks, you're like, Wait, why do you sound like that? No <laughs> one else sounds like that. It's it's quite
0: jarring, actually. And we should also mention that director was actually part of this scene. He
1: was. He was the drummer for the Swedish black metal band Bathory, and then he went on. Actually, he's won two Grammys for videos. So one was a, a it was a Madonna video, and then mm-hmm. the other was like a, a feature length concert footage. So. He's used to filming music not necessarily <laughs> black metal but I mean you know he's 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 got feet in both camps obviously Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's a it's an interesting story but I think this like you say, the telling of this sometimes has trouble with the tone, and it it maybe really not taking into account the gravity of the situation. A, a yeah. little
1: bit, yes. Um, the performances are great, though, and and if you are interested in the story,
0: I, I would still recommend it. Yeah, and that's Lords of Chaos, which means it's time to go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Got three. Oscar nominees coming out on video this week, and that seems appropriate, and they're all worth seeing. At the top of that list, A Star is Born is out, Can You Ever Forgive Me is out. We recommend both of those for sure. And
1: the thing is, you probably missed Can You Ever Forgive Me? It certainly was not the blockbuster that A Star is Born was, but you should see
0: it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Green Book is also out. As we said, this is the one that we think is probably going to win Best Picture. wasn't our favorite. We no. think there's a lot that's done right here, especially the performances. And a lot it, done wrong. Yeah, it's a fine movie, but it has some it has some issues that you may have read about, may uh, may have heard about. We kind of agree with the point of view and some of the uh, approaches it takes to telling the story from from one particular side. So uh, yeah, we thought it it was fine, but certainly not a great movie. Overlord was a nice, bloody little treat that's yeah! out on uh, video this week.
1: Loved that one. Thought that was really fun from beginning to end. Very creepy. Donnie Brooke, we just talked about last week. So if you're into uh, bare knuckle boxing or if you ever thought to yourself, I need to fight to get out of Ohio, this might be the movie for you.
0: <laughs> I have thought that once or twice. <laughs> no, so that's out. Yeah. And uh, one that everybody pretty much ignored with good reason Robin Hood. If you is want out this to week. watch
1: a really bad
0: Movie Robin Hood is the movie for you. When you want a movie real bad, we got a real bad movie. That's right. <laughs> it's Robin Hood. Next week, uh well, we're looking forward to one of these. Greta, a new kind of stalker. Fingers crossed. Scary movie. It's um, Chloe Grace Moretz and it's Isabel. Isabel Lupert. Lupert. That's yeah. really that's
1: really the push over the cliff for me. Isabel yeah. Uppert. I love her. I can
0: see her being very stalkerish. Yes. And also Tyler Perry, another Medea movie, a Medea family funeral. Those are the two. Major releases next week, and it's kind of like a holding week until Captain Marvel that's right. comes out a week after that. So uh, that's what we got going on. Let us know your picks for the Oscars. What do you think? What do you think of any of the movies this week? Um, How to Train Your Dragon 3, Fighting with My Family, any of those. We love to keep the conversation going. Easiest way to find us is on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. You can find us uh, also on Instagram and Facebook, Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website with all our written reviews and our other horror movie only podcast called Fright Club that can all be found on the main website which is madwolf.com
1: We appreciate you listening and please subscribe, rate and review wherever you do find your podcast.
0: Yeah, we'd love you forever. So until next week when we compare our ballots for the Oscars, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay everybody, that's a wrap.